He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 78 of the Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanrahan and joining me this week is Will Griffith. Hey Will, how's it going? Hi Barry, how are you? Uh, James can't make it this week. He's playing a uh, an alien sport called squash. I believe it has rackets, we don't need to go into it. Yeah, yeah, you have to, yeah you're, hitting, you're hitting balls, but not the right kind of balls for this <laughs> week because it is all about golf on the show here. Um, thanks to everybody who got in touch with us last week. We had an email in from Tim Vaughan Spencer who gave us his goals. He was telling us about on the back of our goals and targets um, chat last week. And he has, he's had a phenomenal kind of run. He's gone from 15 down to 5 in 18 months. 8 months? In 18 months. 18 months. 18 months, yeah. So that's a year and a half he's gone from 15 down to 5. He started to take it seriously. He joined a club set himself targets and got himself lessons and went to practice once or twice once or twice a week throughout that time. Um, I thought the interest, really interesting thing was that he kind of himself and a friend who were of similar level of golf both set targets so they're kind of bouncing off each other. There's a little bit of competition in there as well. I guess friendly rivalries kind of help too. But uh really cool to see a success story and that's really good. And he's now he's playing off 4.9 and recently had a 10th place in the club championship so uh, congratulations to Tim and cheers for the feedback yeah. and we had a few other people who actually enjoy, enjoyed the kind of goals talk last week and it's got in touch important. with us on Twitter it's very important to set yourself goals and like the specific ones yeah. specific but like you know as with everything it should be you know they always say that you should set your targets as um, they're smart targets like you know so that mm. they're um, achievable you know that these are things that you can actually do not like my stupid, my potentially stupid thing of going like, you know, 10 to scratch in a year. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, unless you can give it a 100% all the time, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but like to say to yourself, starting off nine at the beginning of the year to go, okay, six. Mm-hmm. And then to do it in a couple of weeks, reassess that. Yeah, yeah. And give yourself something. Like, T- you know? Tim mentioned that, like when he got down to six, he kind of went off the boil or, you know, things got a little, he got a few point ones back and he, he figured out that it was because he didn't have another target to shoot for yeah. Uh, which he implemented and off he went again on another run so superb uh, congratulations fair play that's a brilliant handicap really really good um, hopefully the win is just around the corner from uh, yourself and James played quite well last week um, you're at the new low handicap for the season is it or it's actually I'm down to my lowest ever hey nice I know like I'm officially as I said on last week's show I have reassessed my goal and my, my new goal was to be to get to 7.6 which was my lowest ever Mm. Um, so last week I went out and I, I did a little bit of a choke um, I was standing on the 12th tee level par gross um, and I ended up like 10, 10 9 over mm. so I was 9 over for the last 7 holes which, yeah uh, it can happen in our place they well can, it can happen in any place yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a big it was, it was a, I, I, used to, I came out of my nice little happy place and I went into thinking about my score and thinking about the, the future rather than the present yeah. I thought about being like a seven handicapper rather than thinking about finishing the game of golf that I was really enjoying. You're just taking each shot as it came. Yeah, be in the present. Stay yeah, in the present, yeah. not in the future. 
because that's what it is. It's a gift. It's a present. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's it's why it's what works for each individual person. Though you know, one mental approach might work for one, and one that works for somebody else. We'll talk about in a few minutes with Shane Lowry, who spent the entire morning of Sunday visualizing himself with the trophy. Yeah. Now he probably went about. You know, he's got a caddy on the bag, and he's a tour pro. So he's got good mental processes. He's probably able to compartmentalize that a bit and focus on each shot as it goes. But it was refreshing to hear him talk about how. He actually was really nervous down the stretch. You know, there's not very many tour pros who will admit that openly. Yeah, of course. Versus, you know, that. So we get on to that in a little minute. James shot 37 points on Sunday, and he's down to 13 dead. So 13.0. Yeah. 13.0. So that's really good. I had a terrible week of golf and uh, too many rage issues on the course. And having seen Andres Romero and what he did there on the weekend, he got a little angry after back-to-back bogeys and punched the sign on the 15th tee um, in, I think it was the third round. He was actually in all right position at this time. He broke his hand. Uh, because it was a modified Stableford event, he was able to tee off with his putter on each hole and sign for like a, a, a double bogey, which gave him minus three points. So effectively, he finished the round out by just knocking the ball off the tee. But he had to withdraw, so his hand is broken. So um, I think I'll take that as a warning sign to leave the rage aside because it's, it's not good on the golf course and uh, just get back to being No happy. one enjoys it. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, least of all my playing partners, I'm sure. So I've sent out the relative apologies to them. It was not good. So it uh, seems like the best way to play is with a smile on your face because Shane Larry went out and showed what a, what a way to do it. Uh, quickly before we get on to that, the Northern Irish Open was on a Challenge Tour event, we mentioned it because we're here in Ireland. Uh, that was on up in Gallagher and Castle in County Antrim, and Clement Sorday win, won the tournament on 17 under, one shot clear of John Hahn, uh, in only his fourth start of the Challenge Tour, so what a way to just begin your career there. Um, brilliant. And smart play, he had... He had, he had a cushion going down the 18th, so he took a 4-iron, a 5-iron, a wedge, and 2 putter for his par, knowing it was good enough for the win. Very, very smart. Clever, very clever boy. Brilliant. Well done. Uh, executed his plan. Um, wonderful stuff. And the top Irishman of the week was Niall Turner, finished on 12 under, 5 strokes back. Unfortunately, he had a poor final round, 73. So he'll be lamenting that a little bit, but still, um, nice nice performance. Yeah, good, well good showing at home. Um, the Barracuda Championship, as we were mentioned, the modified stable for an event, uh, had a pretty exciting finish. Didn't get to see it because the Bridgestone invitation was all over the TV screens, you know, dominating coverage. JJ Henry won in the playoff over Kyle Reifers, both guys finishing like trains in that event. Reifers had three eagles in the last six holes to make the playoff. JJ Henry, uh, on the second playoff hole, held a putt from off the green for eagle. And um, when Reifers had a 12 footer, uh, staring him in the face, probably thinking he'd have a putt for the win. Instead, he had a putt for the half and missed that and gave JJ Henry a win and a much valuable tour card for next season. So, uh, on to listen, the Bridgestone Invitational. This was this was cracking, but really exciting for us because Shane Lowry was just put on a performance on Sunday. This was wonderful. Will. <laughs> Three moments. Let's go. Let's go from the first one. Three mo like okay, so Mr. Lowry, as I'm gonna call him, like turns around on the the back nine, having played steady golf on the front nine. He was two under for mm. the front nine, he birdied two, which is the which as they were saying in the competition is the obligatory birdie. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. par five on the front. If you don't have a if you have a par it's like having a bogey. So yeah. 
he buried the first or the second, and then he buried the eighth, which was a, a great birdie. But now steps up on ten, back nine woes. All of a sudden, he is gone to nine under in the competition. He's tied for the lead, mm-hmm. and that's for that moment where you're going, oh, nine holes to play. So all of a sudden, the nerves could get a little bit into it. Mm. He pulls a drive on the tenth, way way left. Steps up. Fortunately for him, gets a drop for, because um, I think the second tee or something like that was the, in his line of the, sight. The tee box, the the, the signs <coughs> around the tee box were in. Yeah, yeah, he got a line of sight. He drop. Got a line of sight drop. But I believe from listening to the commentators that he dropped it into a world of pain. Right? Yeah, he said it was good. It was at the upslope. This one, he got the drop onto the upslope. He said it kind of helped him launch it. Well, he helped launch it, but it went down. Yeah, know, anyway. yeah. So he was only a hundred yards out, but he hit what they're all tipping as the golf shot of the year. Mm, it was Seve-esque, wasn't it? Oh, it was... like the power that he uh, that he got into the shot for 100 yards. Yeah. Like you could see every drip of power has gone into a 100-yard shot. Yeah, every pint of Guinness from the James the, the yeah. St. James's Gate Brewery. But the fact of it is that like, and in every time you see a competition that someone's won... There's always been a, an element of luck. There's mm-hmm. always been elements and moments where you're going, okay, you got away with something there. And the ball just came out of nowhere. It actually was left of the green and it hit like an upslope. He had a bit of side spin on it. It bounced right back out onto the green, died for some strange reason. Mm. I don't know what that happened. And just rolled down the downslope to about a foot from the hole. Yeah. Like moments like that just, you know, don't happen unless it's your day. Oh, yeah. Big so time. you slotted that in, amazing. Yeah, from from an almost certain bogey to a birdie, it's a two shot swing. Two shot swing, yeah, and wonderful. Then all of a sudden he goes to ten under. He's leading by himself because mm-hmm. at the same time I think Furyk is after bogeying the ninth or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden fourteen comes along. He puts his drive into a bunker. No way he could get to the green. No, he was fortunate enough that he was able to get a, a, far enough down the, the fairway that he could actually get a wedge on it. And he had 62 yards to the pin, but he was playing over a bunker, so he said he couldn't go direct he couldn't on go it. go directly at the bunker, so yeah. he, his, his goal was to leave it short. Where he, had, You know, the funny, when I actually saw him hitting the shot, I thought that was a pretty poor wedge. Yeah. But when he spoke about it afterwards, they went, they all said that it was the best place for him to leave it, to get the best put at the flag. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't mind it if he'd pulled it six foot further left. He you know, yeah. would have had a 12-footer instead of a, what, it was a 17-footer? 14. Was a fourteen? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It looked a bit longer than that. Looked a bit longer. That's what I'm saying on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. God, I'm just watching, willing to put your come on, Shane, make the part. It was a massive moment because the fact that you had Bubba Watson now, Furyk and Rose weren't really doing much Mm. at this moment in time. Um, They were both over par, but Bubba Watson was at a charge. Yeah, he had birdied what? He had three three birdies and four holes around the turn. One of the above a patent and charge of late anyway. Just exactly. string yeah. those birdies I think he's very unlucky on the eighth hole. I thought, the, one of the holes anyway, he actually hit the flag. Yeah. And it spun back about ten foot. It would have been, been stone dead. It would have been stone dead. And that was the one hole that he missed out of those four holes. Mm. So anyway, Larry's stepping up and he has a 14 foot put. The emotion that came out of him when he mm. got that put. The fist pump. Like, you know, yeah. I would have hated to have been in front of that fist. <laughs> it would have been sore. By God, it would have been sore. <laughs> So anyway, he's after making par there. Again, it's a shot swing. That could have easily been a bogey. All of mm-hmm. a sudden, he's going into the, the last four holes then with a lack of momentum, having bogeyed. You know, the kind of way. So he's gone from 10 to 9, right? Or was it... 11 uh, to 10, wasn't it? 11 to 10. Yeah, yeah. So then, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the next moment he plays the, the, the lovely shot into the par 3, the 15th. 
Plays the 16s very well, plays the 17 very well. Unlucky not to make birdies on a couple of the holes. Yeah, but he knew, he knew at this stage he just needed pars. You could see that was I the... Think he said afterwards, it's a 17 and 18. He said, if I par home, yeah. I'm good. 18. Yeah. <laughs> Stands up on the tee. And again, pulls it left. Yeah. I mean, like, this shot that he had was ridiculous. Like, it wasn't like the 10th. The 10th he was back far enough that he could actually get it over the trees. <clears throat> I was listening to him talking to Derm, his, uh, his, his caddy. caddy. Yeah, who we interviewed Dude. him out a uh, while back, a few months back. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, they were talking about it. And literally, they were talking about saying that they just wanted to get the ball front right. Mm-hmm. They were playing for the par. There was no messing around. Front right, bunkers, take everything out of play, the whole lot. And even Larry was man enough to admit it afterwards. Now, of course, he can admit it afterwards because it okay. worked out perfectly. But you could even see it after he had hit it. As soon as the club was coming through, he pulled it again. It was a low pull as well. It was a low pull with the gap wedge. Which is not good when there's trees in the way. No. <laughs> and whatever happened, the gods were smiling on him. It literally hit a tree on the way down. It must have gone through. This is one of those instances where they say, you know, trees are 90% air. He went through that 90% instead of that 10% that usually just pings your golf ball in the wrong direction. He must have gone through 30 foot of trees, oh, like foliage and everything. And then happened to hit the one bit of tree that would enable him to stop dead on yeah. the green, what, 8 foot from it the 10 foot? Yeah, 12 footer, 12 foot, yeah. 10, 12 footer. And, and then, like, you know you know yourself, it's happened in so many competitions. When someone has two putts for the win, they generally get the first one. Yeah, it's amazing. Happened to Troy Merritt there yeah. a couple of weeks ago. It happened to Rory McIlroy a few times when he's winning majors that like he's already seven shots ahead. He rolls in the foot to make it a record. You know, yeah. It's when the pressure's off at that stage. They're thinking, okay, all I have to do is roll it down to the hole. He knew he needed a two putt as well. Yeah. To, to and the great thing was, it was such a as a fan, like it was such a relief to see that putt go in because it removed that crazy chance of Missing Rose or Furyk yeah. having a chance to hole out for eagle on the eighteenth for a playoff. So yeah. that went in. Boom! I mean, huge. Huge what celebration. What a win. It was brilliant to see him. Like, you know, yeah. I've been talking about this guy for the, you know, I think everyone in, mm. in the world has been talking about him for a long, long time. But particularly over the last while, he just seems to be getting, you know, that little bit better, more comfortable on the PGA Tour. Mm. And now, three-year exemption, yeah. he's all over that. Who knows what's he, what he's going to do. I mean, sure he's, yeah, he's into all of it. He's jumped into the 19th in the world rankings. So he's not going to fall outside the top 50 for a long time. He gets to pick and choose his schedule for the next three years. And the big thing about that that's is wonderful. now that he can, now that he's a millionaire, because mm. that's what it well, is. Well, yeah, a prop, well, definitely now. Yeah. <laughs> so now he can actually turn around and it's not about the money. It's not about the, the tour card. It's not about anything like that. So now we can probably see the, the real Lowry mm. potentially coming out. A little, a little bit of like tension taken off the shoulders and pressure, free swing. He's, he's had to do it a different way than McElroy. Like they played a lot together in, am- in amateurs and on the way through and they won competitions together and he was talking about this himself. But they've gone. They've had to go different paths. McElroy was the exception to the rule where he literally didn't have to do anything, you know? other than being a superstar. He is. Yeah. yeah. Like he played a couple of amateur majors as amateur, and then all of a sudden he was brought into the big time, and literally he was given sponsorship deal after sponsorship deal, or before even he, you know. So it was never about money for McElroy. Whereas someone like Larry, it was. It was about the money. It was about keeping his card. It was about you know all that kind of stuff. Like you know, uh, and I'm delighted for you know yeah. he's such a nice guy. I've never spoken to him, but I believe he's one of the nicest guys that you'll, you'll ever meet. So all reports are, yeah. yeah. And what a week to do it as well. Like his brother won the Mullingar Scratch Cup, which is a really prestigious Scratch yeah. Cup here in Ireland. And so much so uh, around th- this area of the world that they were talking about it on Sky Sports as well. Yeah. It was a good storyline to go in hand in hand. And 
surely like that helped with a little bit of motivation for him going on to, to win the bar, the, oh, the Bridgestone yeah. when his brother won that he's like let's do the family double this week oh listen Stunning. The, 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 like, to be honest if it wasn't for the fact that Lowry was actually in the lead or there thereabouts I don't think the Mulligar Scratch Cup would be mentioned No, just no, situations no. actually tied in because of the massive party that they were having back in Esker Hills and yeah. all that of, of, because of what happened now within the amateur circuit in Ireland you know the, the Mulligar Scratch Cup was huge but worldwide no, no. The but grand, it was a great, the grand, was a great public relations thing for it. You know, that kind of like, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And it was, a, it was a great little story to kind of... Yeah, so to congratulations to, to Alan Lowry, I think. I think it's Alan. I hope I'm not wrong with that because that would be very embarrassing. But I think it's Alan Lowry, 22 years of age, the same age that Lowry or Shane, his brother, was when he won the Irish Open as an amateur. Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know... The, Lots of synchronicity going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's alignment there, you know. That was brilliant. I mean, the, it was... It was extra exciting for us watching that there were some a lot of big names in contention on Sunday so and we've gone into the last major of the year we had Stenson Speed, Fowler Day Kepka Lingmert Furek you know big names challenging on a big event heading into the last major of the year and uh, as we have done all this year long we have uh, Steve Bamford from Golf Betting System joining us to help us preview the PGA and talk an awful lot more sense than us <laughs> most of it uh, so, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, Will's totally included in that comment, as as is our squash playing friend, or, well, sorry, squash playing colleague, that's how yes. I call him a friend today, missing the last major of the year. So, uh, we are, we've record, pre-recorded the piece with Steve, and we are going to add that on to the end of this, and play it for you guys now, and um, we'll leave it at that, we will talk to you all next week, where hopefully... We will be talking about one of the winners, which uh, Steve or ourselves have picked in the following piece. So, hope you guys all really enjoyed the final major of the year. Um, uh, it won't be that long until Augusta. It always comes around faster than you think so it is. So fast, yeah. Yeah. Um, still plenty of huge golf to come for the year anyway with the FedEx Cup and the, the, final, the final series the for the Dubai. race to Dubai. So... But um, good this, luck with your goals out there, everyone. That was really nice of that email to come in. And yeah, yeah, it was great. Still two months left of competitive golf to go for the rest of the year. Easily, so yeah. Keep it going. Definitely want, uh, need to put some specific ones in play. Um, so listen, we're, here comes Steve Vanford, and um, I hope everybody enjoys the USPGA Championships. Um, have a great week. Hi, Steve. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it seems like we have you on every alternate week now, which is great for us. Uh, pleasure to have you back on The Good Talk Spoiled. How are you? Oh, brilliant. Hi, Barry. Hi, Will. Um, hi, hi listeners. That's, that's one of the things, isn't it? These, these majors these days, they, they, you know, it's every couple of weeks at the moment, seemingly. I, I'm still getting over just uh, Dustin Johnson missing that putt at the US Open. <laughs> which one? <laughs> the one that he should have won with... <laughs> No, which putt, Steve? Oh, uh, well, any of them. He missed, he missed two on the last green. Uh, don't, don't. But, um, yeah, it's interesting, actually. Next year, I, they, they just released the schedule for 2015-16, and uh, all of the majors are going to be played by the end of uh, the mid-week of July. Uh, sorry, the end of July. So it's going to be even more uh, a restricted schedule because of the Olympics. Yeah, somebody can hit a hot streak for six weeks and take down three majors. Yep, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, well, we have Steve on, as always, as part of our majors preview. And, well, this is the last major of the year, unfortunately. It is so sad because we all know what happens after this week. It's a big, long wait until Augusta next year. But it is the US PGA, and last year gave us one of 
the most exciting majors in as far, as long as we remember, we even titled the episode "Best Major Ever?" question mark because it was just sensational down the stretch with Rory, Stenson, Phil, the darkness, all the drama. And, I mean, it, it was just a wonderful Sunday watching. And if we get anything close to that this year, uh, it'll be great. And you know, looking back to the last time of Whistling Straits in 2010, it was full of drama as well. So I, I, I'm really excited for this week. How about you, Steve? Well, this is it, isn't it? If you look at uh, Whistling Straits, 2004, uh, PJ Singh won in a playoff. 2010, you had Kaima and Bubba. You had the uh, Ferrari about dusting in dusting in the in the uh, bunker that wasn't a bunker, and you just get the feeling that uh, this 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 week could be the best finish of them all in terms of the majors this year. Because you've got you've got six of the world's top seven all coming into the uh, tournament in very very good form. Now from Spieth in uh, world number two, right right down, even Jim Fury you can include in that. He played well last week at Firestone. So you know it, it could be a real uh, shootout, I think, on a, on a course that seems to produce exciting finishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a cracking course. Uh... Before we get on to the course, actually, another thing I'm looking forward to a little bit is um, the second year of the new iteration of the long drive contest they have. So I wonder whether Bubba's going to actually play ball this year and hit a driver rather than iron last year, which was uh, not very popular. kind of went down like a lead balloon because it's all a native charity as well. Can you so, explain this now for people who mightn't? For, yeah, so they used to have this way back in like the 60s, I think it was, Steve. Um, Jack Nicholas won... Uh, the first one where they gave out this money clip and he still uses this money clip to this day. Now, it's funny because back, everyone talks about the ridiculous distances everybody's hitting at these days. Jack Nicholas with a persimmon dri- driver and a wound golf ball hit at 341 yards and seven inches. So, I mean, he still uses that money clip to this day, which shows you how, how much value he placed in it. Now, the cool thing is the, the PGA Tour are giving, um, Three prizes of what is it, twenty five thousand, fifteen thousand, and ten thousand, respectively, to the top three placers in the long drive contest. So it's a cool little sideshow just before the main event goes, kicks off on Thursday. And do they um, have the same rules? I.e., you have to be on the fairway. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, yeah. So uh, Louis Yus has won last year, beating Jason Day by a couple of yards. So uh, it'll be cool. Yeah, it's a cool little thing to see. Another little. Kind of like the USPGA's Part 3 contest or something like that, except not quite as long-winded as that. Anyway, um, on to the course, I guess, because that's where the show will take place. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Whistling Straight, Steve, or the, the listeners? Fill them in on what to expect this week if they haven't seen it before. Um, it's a Pete Dye design, and if you look at Pete Dye designs that listeners will be um, aware of, um, the most famous is TPC or stadium course TPC Sawgrass. Now that kind of links in, doesn't it? Because Kaima won here in 2010, and then he won at TPC Sawgrass in 2014. So there, there's a link there. Um, other courses that he's designed: Harbour Town Golf Links, the RBC Heritage, the week after Augusta. Now that's obviously a, that's a golf course again that's set next to uh, next to the sea. The thing with um, Whistling Straits this week, it's the Straits course that they're playing. There's a couple of courses on this property. Um, it actually lines Lake Michigan, which I think is the third biggest inland lake in the, in, in the US or in North America. 
So you've got that kind of element to it. So you know what's going to, you know, what kind of weather is there going to be? Um, other other die designs: TPC Louisiana, which is where they play the Zurich Classic, and also there's some ra- there's some more random stuff like Crooked Stick, where they played the BMW Championship before. I think it was 2012. They're also playing it this year a Crooked Stick, which is Indiana. So I think it's Indianapolis. And he redesigned um, TPC River Highlands, which is where they play the Travellers every year. So those are the kind of four courses. If you look at, you know, a lot of people will look at the situation and say, oh, "What kind of players out there specialise on a certain designer's course?" Well, there's, there's the links to that. For me, um, and this was this was the brief that um, Pete Dye was given by the owner of the property when he was told to build it. I think it was. 1996 or something like that. He wanted it to be a proper Scottish-looking Lynx golf course. And you look at it, you know, there's there's, there's, uh, fescue everywhere, there's blind tee shots, sand dunes, obviously you've got the, uh, you've got Lake Michigan there in the background. It looks, to all intents and purposes, like a Lynx golf course. Very similar to Chambers Bay. Don't forget, this is all man-made, yeah? But... When you actually read the detailed reports from players that have played it in 2010 and played it so far, they're pretty much saying it doesn't play as a Lynx golf course. It actually plays as a very standard par 72 American-style golf course. Yeah, big wide fairways where if you're a real, you know, you've got a big high uh, ball flight, you've got a lot of power off the tee. It's your kind of golf course. And that kind of bears out when you look at the two winners being Vijay Singh and Martin Keimer, who, who both can give it a very good rip. Excellent. Excellent. So thank you. Um, so you mentioned the weather forecast. Do you have any, any, any of the latest from over there? Or I, I saw I was reading your preview earlier today and you were saying that the Thursday morning starters might have a tiny little advantage, the calm conditions. Yeah. If you're going out very early, so if you're going out from say seven, seven fifteen, if you're if you're looking for players in the first round leader market, which a lot of people do, you want to be getting on the very very earliest starters because I think the first hour and a half, two hours, it's relatively tra- tranquil. Then you know then the breeze picks up. But we're not looking here at um, the Open Championship at St Andrews. It's not going to pick up to anything bigger than 15 miles an hour, which any of these guys can handle, really. Mm-hmm. There's a very, very, very small advantage for the first six, ten groups of first-round leader. But apart from that, um, we might have some thunderstorms on Friday, but there has been rain in the build-up, and there was rain in the build-up before 2010, and they reckon the course doesn't drain overly well, and it plays particularly soft. So, I don't think it'll be quite as receptive as 2010, but it certainly won't be like um, Firestone South last week, which was really, really fiery, was it? Very firm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more receptive than that. Yeah, there were some big drives last week when Bubba was just smashing it out there and burnt Viesberger out of like a 480 or 380-yard yeah. drive. Or... Oh, some of it was ridiculous, yeah. you know. But come here, with regards to Whistling Straits, I was reading an article today about the bunkers or what they're deciding to call air, air, quotes. air quotes bunkers they were kind of comparing everything so they went through the various majors so far this year and they gave the amounts of bunkers that were actually on the golf courses mm. 
and let's say the most was let's say 70 or 80 bunkers mm-hmm. on let's say Chambers Bay or something like that and there's 570 something bunkers in Whistling Straits now maybe I'm wrong with the number do you have the number? No, well I've read various quotes I mean in, in the piece that I put out there the number I saw was around about the 500 mark yeah, and yeah. I've seen I've seen quotes this week of anything over a thousand so I think it was so five think it, there's basically sand all over the course yeah. they, can't, they can't decipher what a bunker is and you know so that, and that's why the rule comes out isn't it if it's in sand it's a hazard fact no grounding of the club yeah I think Dustin's probably got his head around it this year, hopefully. Uh, let's hope. He's he's, sa- he's saved from the bunker of his peril from 2010, though, because they've built a grandstand over that part of the course. So, uh, kind of funnel his thoughts a little bit more down 18 this year, this time yeah. round. Poor, that, it should poor be great fun. It should be the, dusty. <laughs> ah, yeah, listen, he's been very unlucky, but, like, it's, it's, it's really, as you said, this, okay, take away McElroy out of the top, let's say, seven golfers. There's really a buzz you know, getting there now at this stage about this competition is starting on Thursday. You know, you're talking about everyone, as you said, everyone is playing really, really freaking good golf. Yeah. Every week you're looking at the cream rising to the, the top. They were talking about Lowry's victory there uh, at Firestone and they said it was made even more special because of who who came behind him. Mm. You know, yep. you had Jordan Spieth, you had Ricky Fowler, you had Henrik Stenson, you had Justin Rose, you had Jim Furyk. Like all these guys who are in the top 10. Mm-hmm. He beat the top 10 in the world. You know, he beat, I suppose, the top 70 in the world. But yeah. to see who was finishing strongly, you know, so th- they're all there. They're all fighting like cats and dogs to get these, you know, to get themselves into the position to win these majors. Mm. And I suppose the big difference is that you're talking about the likes of Speeth, who is a winner. He's won a major. You're talking about the likes of Henrik Stenson, who couldn't win a major to save his life. We're talking about Jim Furyk, who doesn't know how to win. You, you know, he couldn't win if you put him in a whorehouse with a fistful of 50s. Right? <laughs> you know, you've, you've got all these guys who, you know, are never going to win a major. But yet, they'll be there or thereabouts and frightening people at the end. You know, you're really only looking at a four to five man field here, I think, for uh, Whistling Straits. Four to five uh, men who uh, won't uh, be in contention. Uh, four to five people who, are, who have a chance of winning this major. That Barry's face was contorting in absolute agony when you mentioned Stenson's major record. <laughs> I know. I, just, I love. I love talking about it like that. <laughs> oh, okay, so I read that the, in addition to the course being really long, going to be playing a little, you know, long as well because it'll be a little bit soft. I read that the rough can be up to six inches here. So you, you know, that's that's going to tell you that you need to be hitting your driver accurate. What other attributes do contenders this week in general need to have in their game or what do they need to be firing on? I, I know in general, to win, to win a major, you need to be firing on an awful lot of aspects of your games. But what, what, what have you identified as particularly important this week? If you, look at the, if you look at the raw numbers, so fairways hit, greens in regulation, scrambling putts, putts per GIR, distance. <coughs> Kyber didn't hit it a particularly long way in 2010. He, he was averaging 286, which was 32nd. It's, it's enough, yeah? Don't forget, they only take these averages on, on two radars, yeah, two radar shots. Singh was banging it 312 yards, so he was really booming it out there in 2004. For me, though, distance is important, but it's not critical. It's all around greens in regulation, yeah. For me, this is a real aerial test this week. It's all about those guys that can be 
consistent with their approach shots. And don't forget, a lot of these approach shots this week are going to be anything over 175 yards, plus 200 yards. Distance approach shots are going to be critical. You know, and, and really making as much of you can as the, of the par fives, which again really does you know, favour those guys that are booming it out there, 350. Mm. Um, the, other, the other key number doesn't appear to be putting, and that's crazy for a major, because if you actually looked at Kymer, he was 23rd in putts for GIR, and Singh was 32nd. But it was scrambling. Both, when they did miss the green, they got up and down, you know, in, very, very competitively in the field. And that kind of makes sense, because as you said, there's a lot of bunkers around. Uh, the actual, um, the greens themselves, they're, they're pretty, you know, Pete Dye does like an upturned kind of source of green, which repels approach shots. So if you're hitting anything over 70% greens and regulations, or 13, 14 greens each round, you're going to be, you're going to be seriously in the mix this week, I think. So for me, it's a test more in the, more in the air than it is on the actual ground. Okay. Excellent. Right. Well, you know, that's... Ball strikers, effectively. That's what I'm saying. Ball strikers. There we go, yeah. Well, it's better to have a little chat around it. So, yeah. that, let's, let's, get in, let's get stuck into the field. So, um, top of the betting is not Rory McIlroy. He's back from his injury, but he's four points behind Jordan Speed, who leads the market on, which is like Paddy Power here, as always. He's six to one. Uh, Rory is ten to one. Jason Day and Bubba Watson and Dustin Johnson are all fourteen to one. So it seems the bookies are a little bit confused and afraid this week. They've got a, the guys all in around each other. What do you think about the top five? I mean, your piece is up on GolfBettingSystem.co.uk, and your headline pick is none other other than Jordan Spieth. Why have, yeah. you, gone, why have you gone for Jordan? I'm going for Jordan. Um... I don't know. I've, I've been told. You know, I've been told this week that Jordan's too short to uh, to contend around here. And you think, well, he won at Augusta, which almost plays like seven thousand seven hundred yards uh, in soft conditions. He won at Augusta with a you know nineteen under, so that kind of dispels that one. And then you get told, well, are you sure that Jordan can hit enough greens? Well, when you actually look into his three major wins this year, or three major appearances this year, two wins and a fourth. Was it fourth? Yeah, St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. He was in the top ten for greens in regulation across all three of those tournaments. So that's a kind of red herring. You know, the fact of the matter is that I think Spieth at the moment is a... I don't know, it's difficult to compare, but he does remind me very, very similar to Tiger Woods when he first hit the scene and he started to just pull together big performance after big performance across all the major championships. And it's got to the stage with me, and we discussed this, didn't we? We discussed this before St Andrews. He was getting off the plane. He hadn't played any kind of practice rounds around St Andrews. And then you guys said, but you just kind of know these days that come Sunday... Uh, it was actually Monday, wasn't it, at St Andrews? You just know he's going to be right in the mix. And sure enough, like a bad smell, he was there. He was one shot off the lead. He, I think he tied at one stage, didn't he? You just knew that he was going to get in the mix. And I, I just, you know, I can't foresee that he won't be right at the sharp end come Sunday evening. I really can't see it. And when it comes to that, when it comes to push to shove, you just know that speed. Anything from 15, 20 foot, 
is absolutely lethal, and that could be the difference. So for me, set, uh, six to one with Paddy Power um, is, is available at sevens with Coral over here in the UK. Mm-hmm. If you go with Stan James, he's actually fifteen to two in answer win only. It's not as if you're going to bet back him each way. Um, I just think Spieth has got a massive, massive opportunity this week. World number one, third major. He's paired with he's paired with Rory McIlroy in the first two rounds. It just all stacks up for me. I can't see a weakness in his game, really. Sorry, Steve, I have to call you up on something there. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but you did actually just call Speed the world number one. Oh, sorry. And in fact, he's not. <laughs> and for me being could. the biggest Rory McIlroy fan in the world, I take the biggest insult. <laughs> he could be world number one if he wins or if he finishes. There's a, load, there's a load of ramifications. I think even if he finishes in the top five or something like that, he could still be world number one if McIlroy misses the cut. Yeah. There's various different ramifications. Yeah, apologies for that. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, you've got Spieth hitting the tournament in decent nick. McElroy hasn't paid for eight or nine weeks. You know, McElroy is obviously at ten to one with Paddy Power. So if you said to me which one of those two would you pick, for me it's Jordan Spieth this week. Well, of course, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I'd like to see McElroy winning it just because I'm a fan of his, but you know, you've got to be realistic and and you know talk logic and kind of say someone coming back from injury, they're going to get tired more so than anything else. Uh, it's a competitive game. It's competitive golf. He played his first practice round there on, when was it, Thursday or Friday? Maybe Saturday, I think it was. And he played a two-over or two-over par, um, you know, his first game back. You know, now, if any of us played two-over par in any golf course, we'd be delighted. But for the world number one, he'd be looking to go around there six, seven under, maybe even eight or nine under in a practice round where there's no pressure. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'd have to say Jordan Spieth. If it comes down... To be honest, if it came down to the back nine in Whistling Straits on Sunday afternoon and it happened to be Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, then my money would be on Rory McIlroy. It's whether, it's whether McIlroy can get himself in that position, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing, you know. Well, I've, as you correctly pointed out, Steve, I said a few weeks back that I've just given up making predictions about Jordan Spieth for golf tournaments. He just, no matter what course he goes to, or it's like this is too long for him, or it's too blah blah blah, he seems to find a way to play and get into contention. So, uh, I like you said, I certainly can't see him not in contention come Sunday or not featuring on the coverage and on the le- on the upper echelons of the leaderboard. Um, with regard to Rory, like he seems to be able to just pick up his form very quickly. So, like at the start of the year, he'll go out to Dubai, isn't it? Play five, you know, practice for five days, and he can just hit the ground running. So um, I certainly, I, you, he'll be super motivated to put in a really good performance. So if he is 100% fit and the ankle is a non-issue, as he said, I, I can't see him not being there, you know, in contention and featuring as well. Uh, especially on the course that he finished, what was he had a putt to get into the playoff last time it was here. And he's defending champion, so I mean, he couldn't be more motivated if he, you know, if he tried this week. You can certainly see McElroy in the top 10. I think he'll be a feature, but whether he can get you know, right to the very top of the leaderboard, I think it's a big ask. I do, mm-hmm. based on based on his lack of competitive golf. And yeah, you're right. I did, you know, that's it's true. He always starts in Abu Dhabi. He always starts the season very, very, very um, hot, very, very motivated. But you know, that's Abu Dhabi. This is this is a this is a very, very competitive major championship this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So the next three in the batting were not to just <laughs> very different styles of golfers, but they all have that one thing in common. They absolutely destroy the golf ball. They just fire missiles off the tee. Jason Day, Bubba Watson, and Dustin Johnson. Surely these three big hitters w- will be there come Sunday. You know, the cream usually does rise to the top um, in the US PGA. Now, Dustin did have a bad week last week, but Firestone, a bit of a checkered history with it. You think Dustin's going to get himself up there for a little bit of heartache this week, Sunday Sunday meltdown? I'm one of these guys that likes. I subscribe to this top twenty-two at Bridgestone rule. So so Dustin shot himself in the foot. It, it, I think I think that uh, those two or three or five was it five missed putts on the 18th there at um, I think uh, Chambers Bay. I think that's that's hurt him. I, I do actually. I, He'll come back, there's no doubt about that. I, di- I just think he's a bit shot to pieces at the moment. Mm. Look, those three, you've got to... Uh, it's, be- it's between Jason Day and Bubba, isn't it? It really is. If you were going to back one of them... And it's, a, it's an absolute... It's a very, very close call for me between Jason Day and Bubba Watson because the course suits both of them absolutely perfectly. You know, both huge off the tee, greens in regulation... Both got very, very good short games at the moment. I know the Day's up there in the top two or three for bogey avoidance. Bubba's up there in the top four or five, scrambling well. And Bubba's putting well at the moment, so is Jason. And obviously that putt that Day made at Glen Abbey, the one that he didn't leave short as opposed to the one that he did at St Andrews the week before. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, this is what I'm saying. It really is. It's a, it's a fag paper between a lot of these players. It, it really is. Um in the end, I've almost tossed a coin because you know Jason Day is probably my most favourite player. I've, I've, I've earned a lot of money out of Jason Day, but at the end of the day, it came it came down for me for the two, the fact that Bubba Watson has won two uh, Masters champion you know titles. Jason Day hasn't won a major yet. Doesn't mean that he won't this week. But when it when push comes to shove, I think Bubba's playing really really top quality golf at the moment, and for him to finish second. At Firestone South, which is probably up there with TPC Sawgrass as probably the most alien golf course that doesn't suit Bubba Watson. I think that was an exceptional performance from Bubba last week. I really do. Yeah, he did really put the pressure on Shane. Uh, it was very impressive. All right, and as you say, he he tends to telegraph his wins with some good performances in advance. To to quote the man on the other end of the line here. Can I can I just go back and ask you one quick question, Steve? Though you mentioned yep. something there that. I, I haven't heard before, and maybe this is some maybe it might be something that the listeners haven't heard before. You said that you you go by the kind of ethos of the top twenty two from Firestone. Is that something? Yeah, if you go back in time, um, I think it was two thousand six, the first time that they put uh, the Bridgestone Invitational the direct week before um, the PGA Championship, and every winner of the PGA Championship has firstly played at Bridgestone Invitational. Secondly, finished in the top 22 of that tournament, yeah? Okay. So if you're looking at bringing down a 156-man field, that kind of top 22 requirement is a very helpful statistic. Well, that's fair enough. Thank you very much. I just wasn't there. When you said it, I was going to go and maybe I felt a little bit stupid because I hadn't heard of it before. (laughs) That that sounds crazy because if you go back to Y.E. Yang, I think it was 2009, a Hazel team, he finished in the top 22 at Bridgestone. Okay. And he was 150 to 1. And and so was um, Keegan Bradley, which was his major debut. 
he won 175 to one, didn't you? Atlanta Athletic Club. I think it was 2011. He had actually, I think he was either, I think he'd led the Bridgestone Invitational the week before and then completely collapsed in the final round. He was 175 to one. And then he goes and wins the PGA Championship. So that 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 statistic runs through every winner since 2006. Wow. Strong yeah, stat. Yeah, yeah. Barry actually has it up on screen here. That's very interesting. And oh, yeah, and your um, USPGA Championship Tips article on the website, Golf Betting System. Yeah. Just showing Will the little breakdown here. So it's a very interesting way of breaking down the field. Um, so we've barely got outside the top five, and already I can see a uh, five-man playoff. So who else is going to get into the playoff? Uh, after these, we have Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose are 20 to 1 on Paddy Power, available elsewhere, obviously. And um, we always recommend everybody to search the market for best value because why would you not? It just It's just the thing to do. So Ricky played very well last week, had a top 22. So did Justin. Unfortunately, himself and Jim played uh, who can drag each other down the worst on Sunday and both shot 72s. When a 68 would have got them level uh, with Shane Lowry. Yeah. I just, Justin's an interesting one, isn't he, Justin Rose? You know, and this is it. And this is what we're saying, isn't it? The top, you know, if you look at the world ranked players two to seven, they're all playing cracking golf. So you're having to make very, very tight choices. The thing that stands out about Justin Rose is two appearances here, two missed cuts. And. When he, when he actually arrived, you think, well, he might have been out of form. When he arrived here in 2010, that was the year that he'd had two big PGA Tour wins. So he was in very, very good nick when he arrived here. That might suggest he's just got he's got an issue with the course or there's something there that he doesn't like. So that, for me, is, is a pen stroke through the name. Ricky Fowler, on the other hand, you just get the feeling with Ricky. We know that he's very good at, at coastal courses, uh, inaccuracy off the tee isn't an issue around here. It really isn't. Um, he's long. Obviously, you know, you know, you know, you know, guys. I'm, I'm a good, big fan of Fowler as well. Um, could this be his week? Well, potentially. Uh, uh, the big names at the top of the leaderboard for me, the uh, top of the betting market rather, that stand out. It's obviously Spieth, it's Day, it's Watson, and it's Ricky Fowler. Those, those are the four for me that I think are going to be in, in serious contention. Would you uh, would you go so far as to say that, uh, obviously from an Irish perspective, we're all very excited about the, the fact that Shane Lowry had a great win in Firestone there on Sunday. Um, like, what would you say are his chances? We all have our own ideas that he's, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be McElroy and himself, one and two in the world for the next ten years. <laughs> but uh, that that may or may not happen. So, what what do you think are his chances going to the major? I think Shane's a momentum player. I think he's the kind of guy that can string a lot of good results together. I just think. If you'd have asked Shane Lowry before the Bridgestone Invitational, would he win the golf tournament? Honestly, he'd probably said no. But that that win was absolutely mind blowing for him. It's opened so many doors. A three year PGA Tour exemption. I mean, that is serious bucks. You know, he can if he wants to, he can choose to set himself up in in Florida or wherever he chooses to, and he's got every he can pick and choose his schedule now across the PGA Tour for three years. That's a big, big victory. Was there, a, was there any celebrating on Sunday? Probably. 
can, can I see him in the mix? Well, yeah. When, when players are in good nick, you know, and they've got the right mental attitude and the course suits them, yeah, sure. You know, and, um, you know, I, I think Shane, you know, the course itself might be a tad too long, but then Zach Johnson's done well around him. It's, I suppose it's all down to how, you know, how hungry is he still. Mm, he was booming it last week, though. His swing was extra free-flowing. I mean, some of his drives he was really letting rip on. Uh, you, you said it about Shane, and we were talking about this just before we got on to record, that uh, you know he's got exceptional scrambling skills. I think this was before we were talking about the Open Championship of St. Andrews, and, well, he certainly showed them last week uh, you know, with his win, which uh, myself and Will talked about a little earlier in the show. Um, like, why not contend? You know, there's horrible rough when you miss the fairways. There's bunkers everywhere. He's got the you know he's, he's got, got gold and short game. Gold like the, and short even game. the commentators are turning around and they're they're just turning around in every shot that he hits. And okay, he had a great competition, and then the other competitions he might not play as well for whatever particular reason. But like the commentators have been in the, on the PGA Tour have been raving about Lowry's short game mm. for a long, long time. You know. Um, that he just has this ability to to have this dead dead arm dead ball approach that a lot of other pros can't do. Yeah. And they were saying like even on one of the holes, I think it was the uh, the tenth or something like that at the weekend, he came up a little bit short in the long rough and he hit this beautiful shot to about a foot. And uh, the lads turned around and said, "Ah, sure, he can just do that for fun." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. when you've got them talking about stuff like that, you know, you know you're in a you're you're in a good in in, a, in good shape, you know, yeah. but. I do agree with regards to the fact that there may or may not have been a couple of beers had um, on Sunday night. Uh, he was in celebratory mode because, you know, and congratulations to the family because his brother, Alan, I think, is it Alan Lowry? I think his 22-year-old brother won the Mullingar Scratch Cup, uh, which is a big deal over here in Ireland, um, in amateur circles. It's a huge deal. Huge I mean, they were even talking about it on Sky Sports at the time because yeah. it's such a, such a renowned Scratch Cup. Yeah, so um, he, he won that on Sunday and then obviously Larry went out, so the party was still going over in Esker Hills. I think I think it's a matter for Shane, it's probably just how long the hangover lasts into this week, whether he'll, he's a bit fresh on Thursday morning. Uh, anyway, we, we could actually wax lyrical about Shane for another 40 minutes, but we do need to get on to the rest of the field. So on to Barry's favourite golfer in the entire world and eternal disappointment for me in majors, Henrik Stenson. Greens and regulation monster, enormous driver, doesn't need to be pulling too well this week, as the stats would suggest, can scramble reasonably well. Uh, it all seems to you know set up reasonably well for Stenson to have a chance. It's... He seems to struggle to get himself close enough to being in the mix come Sunday. He just seems to get those two or three shots off the the, the leading pack, and it just seems to be that step too far from. Uh, I think that's the key for him this week is a, is a quick enough start, and then just get up near the top, and then I think he might actually he might actually do it. If, if golf was just a game of hitting the ball on the green, he'd be world number one at the moment, Stenson, because he's he, he's ball striking at the moment. He's exceptional. You know, I keep I keep a track on every week uh, a rolling um, key stats uh, ranking. Yeah, so I look at accuracy, greens in regulation, and putting average. Yeah, and Henrik Stenson sits fourth in driving. Actually, I do it over a ten week tournament window. Yeah. So instead of looking at the PGA Tour or European Tour stats and seeing a season long, you start to see more localised peaks and troughs. He sits fourth in driving accuracy and first in greens in regulation. The problem with Henrik is he's lost all he's lost all confidence in the putter. Yeah, and you, you're thinking to 
himself, well, last week, Brinstone Invitational, firm and fast conditions, yeah? No one was shooting low scores. It wasn't a putting contest, yeah? Um, and sure enough, Henrik pops up in the top six because that course played to his current strengths. This week, soft golf course, and he, and he can play well on soft golf courses, yeah? Long, booming golf course, suits him down to the ground, yeah? But... I'm expecting some score around about 13, maybe even 15 under getting the job done this week. I'm not not sure that Henrik, with his current putting confidence, can get to those kind of totals. That's my view, anyway. Mm -hmm. No, certainly, uh, I need to start taking my uh, these things under advisement and remove the emotional from the the betting, you know, um, (laughs) which is impossible to do. I still have a few euro on him. I can't, but have a few euro on him. Um, Take my rolling numbers, um, Barry, and if you take my rolling numbers and you look at, you're looking for players that are in the top 20 for greens in regulation and the top 20 for putting average, yeah? I've got six names, right? Jordan Speed. I've got Robert Strepp. Who offers a lot of value? I think he's ninety to one, something silly like that. Was he fifth last week? Playing really good golf, Robert mm-hmm. Strip. Shane Lowry, there's a surprise, yeah. Ooh. And you know he pops up and wins the Bridgestone Invitational. Lee Westwood, who's really struggling at the moment, but I think he's grabbing one hundred twenty-five to one. That he's in the top twenty for greens in regulation, top twenty for putting average, and um, you've all sorry, I said six. It's actually five. And Hideki Matsuyama is the other one. Ah, Hideki, yeah, he's he's one of the top long iron players or the long the long approach players on tour. So that could be that's a as you pointed out earlier, that's a one to look out for. Um, yeah, so he, the course suits him down to the ground. It's just whether he can make enough putts. Yeah, yeah, he's that's not one of his strengths. So he's available at forty uh, fives. Generally, the best price across the market for him. Yeah, not a, Army, yeah. Not a bad one at all. Okay, so Adam Scott. Uh, it, I'm trying to peg Adam Scott like down on a week that he actually does well. Like I play a one and done fantasy competition. I picked Adam Scott last week. He does nothing. Um, this week he'll probably come out. He'll figure out another thing with the broom handle putter, and he'll probably feature. I, 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 he's another one I've just given up on predicting. <laughs> I just think he's, he's in total turmoil about this putter, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say he can't wait until the start, till the 1st of January until the decision is removed from him and he just has to go with the, the non-anchored stroke. Um, yeah. it's just, it, it, what, what happened to, to him at St Andrews? He, he, was, he, he was literally... Well, didn't he tie for, tie for the lead at one stage? Yeah. And then he totally, totally went into reverse. It reminded me of Adam Scott a few years ago. You know, we got we got used to him being quite solid when he got to the top of a leaderboard, even in majors. Yeah, yeah. And then was, he went in reverse, big time, big time. Went yeah. in reverse. Uh, one that's one that hasn't been in reverse too much recently. Louis Oosthuizen has been playing beautifully. Uh, you know, nearly the last two majors, he's been right up there. I I can't see him not. Putting in a good show this week, you know he's just playing too well. He's in a nice run without without um, any injuries. He can smash it out there long distance, and he's available. You know you've got a lot of the other guys are a bit shorter, but you can get Louis at nearly uh, forty to one, and Carl's and Ladbrokes and a few other bookies. That's quite generous, and you know 
that's 10 to 1 on the place for a really exceptional golfer. It's interesting because Skybet and Stan Jones over here have got seven places each way and they're offering 35 to 1, yeah? Um, he's 33 to 1 with Paddy Power. So, so the odds compiler at Paddy Power really do, they, they rate him very highly. The, the course suits who stays down on the ground and, and he played exceptionally, didn't he, at Chambers Bay. He played exceptionally well at St Andrews. So, yeah, that's a very, very good solid each way shot in my opinion Louis Oosthuizen he just loves playing by the speed I think he grew up uh, I'm trying to I can't remember the can't remember the name of the exact location Muscle Bay that's right Muscle Bay in the South Africa and uh, he just loves playing by the sea so yeah I, I think that's a, that's a good price I couldn't include him though because of this top 22 rule which will probably bite me on the arms <laughs> there's, uh, there's always an exception to the rule isn't there this could be the year or it could stick true for another year um, one guy who is getting my money this week and has done for the last couple of weeks but giving me Sunday disappointment is Brooks Kepka. Uh I, I, I see you have him chosen as one of your picks in your preview uh, t- tell us why Brooks made it into your team I just Kepka for me is a classy sort you can just tell that he doesn't mind mixing it at the very top level his, his winning Turkey uh, in November he beat a very informing Poulter and uh, Henrik Stenson in a real shootout. He then goes to Phoenix in uh, February. That was a loaded tournament, included speed from memory, uh, Jason Day. And uh, he had a real ding-dong going down the stretch with Bubba Watson and with um, Hideki Matsuama. He doesn't mind mixing it with the very top names. Um, I think he was, he was fourth last year at Pinehurst. Again, Pinehurst, yeah? One by Martin Keimer, who won here in 2010. So there's a, there's a nice link. Um, I just get the feeling with Coca. He's, he, he's finished fourth at, uh, in the US Open. He's finished 10th last time out at St Andrews in the Open Championship. You just know, very, very, very talented uh, young player. Uh, unconventional the way that he, he came up through the, through the ranks, obviously coming across to Europe. He's played a lot of Lynx golf, a lot of coastal golf. Just get the feeling that he's due of one of the, you know, a bit like Dustin Johnson here in 2010. You just know that one of the kind of younger, talented sorts is going to seriously contend. And when I mean seriously contend, you know, be there with a few holes to go. For me, it's Coker this week. I, I really do think with the length of the tee, the high GIR, his scrambling's been improving recently, and he's been doing well on courses. Well, actually, really, you'd think he'd probably struggle. Somewhere like Firestone last week, he isn't the most accurate off the tee, and he still finishes sixth, a very consistent sixth at that. I, I just think he's ready, really, really do this week. Mm-hmm. I, I might be convinced to switch my stance on money to, nah, who's... <laughs> they're both getting my money this week. Uh, okay, next time we have, you know, Sergio Garcia... Matsuyama, Jim Furyk, who just, I don't know, it doesn't matter what course you put Jim Furyk on, he just, he's got a way to play and get up there in contention. Jim's biggest problem is don't get into the lead before the final hole. He he seems to just, it kills him. I don't know what, but you feel feel bad for him because he's such a great golfer. Uh, you feel like he deserves a few more wins. Actually, I, just because this course is, whatever, 7,500 yards long this week, I can't see Jim outside the top 10. No, I can I can see Jim being in the top ten. Yeah, I don't know. We're just around the corner from the FedEx Cup, aren't we? 
And I, I, I could fancy Jim at one of those this year. Maybe even East Lake. Mm-hmm. You know, where the top, top names that have had a great year are just kind of falling off the cliff. And Jim just sneaks through and wins $10 million. I can, he did that, didn't he, in 2010? I can see it again this year because he's playing so consistently. Yeah. But for me, you know, Zach Johnson has won at Augusta. He's won at St. Andrews. He, he's won at Kapalua. Zach Johnson, for a very short hitter, can win at the longest golf courses. That's an, that's an insane knack that he's got. You look at Jim Furyk, when he does win, which is rare, it tends to be on a, on a, you know, on a short, 70 stroke past 71 format hmm. for me I think this is two, 200 yards probably too long ok so we spoke a little bit about Matsuyama earlier and he certainly has a really good chance what chances does uh, poor Sergio have I can't Sergio I think you guys know my view on Sergio so yeah, he, he, he he flatters to deceive doesn't he so not for me this week um he was complaining of a cold last week at Bridgestone, so he was hoping that he could shake that off. But, you know, 45-1 to 1 I'm seeing with Coral. There's worse bets out there, but I don't know. I've, I've got no faith in Sergio when it comes to finishing the job, so... So, you nip a little down. Patrick, Patrick Reed's not playing so well at the moment, but he seems like the co- he, he can just turn up on any given week and turn it on. Uh, this may or may not be the week. I'm interested. If you actually look at the stats on Patrick Reed, he's actually tipped, you know, in the power plays on the PGA Tour. You know, he's up there in the top five. He, he's been quite consistent, yeah. 14, he's been very consistent over the last four, four, four competitions. 20th at St Andrews, um, 15th last time out at, at um, Firestone. Again, uh, Patrick Reed, he's, he's like Jason Day, isn't he? Just long and hard, doesn't really matter where it goes. So Firestone doesn't suit him. So to finish top 15, he, they're all thereabouts, you know, Reed. Yeah. He is the kind of player. He, he was right in contention at Chambers Bay, wasn't he, after two rounds? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss I'm, him completely. I'm, Reed off top. I'm just totally reversing here. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, you're looking at consistency. He's been there, thereabouts for the last four competitions, top 25s. You know, so his game is there. It's just a case of getting a week where things go his way. Yeah, you know, I can see being a feature. I can. Yeah. The champion of Whistling Straits last time, Martin Keimer. Uh, where? What will Martin do this time around? He, he's just genuinely struggling at the moment, isn't he, Keimer? Yeah. Uh, that's the thing with with Keimer. When he peaks, he's he's unbeatable. Yeah. When he struggles, he's quite ordinary. That's my opinion. Um, and he's, he's in one of these little ordinary streaks at the moment. He'll, he'll, he'll probably play a lot better next season because it's, it's, um, it's, I need to qualify for the Ryder Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, these patterns happen, don't they? You know, Sergio Garcia, I bet you he contends in majors next year. Ryder Cup. Okay. That is a big bearing on people. Right, before we get into kind of the outsiders and pick and choose a few of the, the long odds, which can definitely ping and hit in a PGA Championship, let's look at a nice little grouping here on odds checker of the older guard of golf, Matt Kuchar, uh, Tiger Woods, and Phil Mickelson. Uh, do you see any of these guys doing anything this week? Oh, Phil's all over the place at the moment. Then again, it's a major on an American-style course. He might show up. Tiger's shown a, bit, a, bit, a little bit of life. 
and Matt Kuchar has been Matt Kuchar just ridiculously consistent but hasn't re- hasn't had that massive success what are your thoughts on these guys he's, he's interesting isn't he Kuchar you can read him like a book I, I just he just doesn't all of his stats year on year are down when you look at them pretty much there's, I think there's a there's like any I don't know he's doing slightly better on par, par fives than he did last year but just doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to be at the races for me Kuchar Woods I, I haven't got a lot of interest in Tiger and Phil last year if you remember he played did he shoot something crazy low in the final round at uh, Bridgestone? Mm. And then he arrived at Valhalla, soft golf course, booming golf course, and he, he, you know, he played exceptionally well. He just hasn't got that momentum at the moment. He just hasn't got it. And that's another reason I went for Spieth, you know. He finished, he, he shot 66 at the, in the final round at uh, Firestone. And you just get the feeling with Spieth, he's just a momentum player. That's fired him up. Right, I'm on song now. That kind of he's very similar to Mickelson. He's got the momentum, and I, I can see speed carrying that through. But Phil, he just hasn't got the spark at the moment for me. And also, uh, that 66 that Speed scored was actually his best score ever in Firestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This course doesn't suit him, does yeah. it, Will? Because again, he's not accurate off the tee. He's not accurate enough for the, you know to, to play around there. Yeah. yeah what? Unless he really has got the mentality where he what he wants to do it, but yeah, that that sixty six at Firestone that, that won me over in the end with speed. I just can't see Phil. I'd love to see it. You know, I, lo- I love the guy. In in a way, he's almost gone Steve Strickerish for me. It's like he's in semi retirement at the moment. And I tell you what, I don't think he'll make the President's Cup team because you, you wouldn't pick him, would you? You just wouldn't pick him at the moment. Mm-hmm. How can you justify Phil Mickelson as a captain's pick this year? You can't. You can't do it. I'd actually be more inclined to pick Tiger Woods ahead of Phil Mickelson at the moment based on form. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. <laughs> I suppose the next person on that list, which actually, um, you know, we had had a little chat about beforehand. Who I think you have a little, you have a little bit of a fancy on this guy this week, Brandon Grace. Yeah, my 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 my, my fall for this week are uh, speed, obviously, Bubba Watson. I'm going Coke uh, Cup. And Brandon Grace is, is my fourth tip. Um, he's, he's available over here at eighty to one with one bookmaker being Ladbrokes. If you want to back him each way, he's uh, he's seventy to one with Paddy Power. He's also sixty sixes with Stan James or Sky at seven each way. I just think we, we discussed him, didn't we? We discussed him before Chambers Bay, and a lot of people got involved with him there at one hundred and fifty to one. Believe it or not. They were sitting there on that Sunday evening, 150 to 1 on Grace, and he was level with three holes to go with, with the leaders. And then he, he hit it out of bounds, didn't he, onto that railway track on the 16th? Yeah. You know, he's never been under that kind of major pressure before, even though he's won seven tournaments, is it, or eight tournaments in a crazy short length of time. He's a born winner, Grace. I just think he's the kind of guy that will take the US Open, learn from it, and come back stronger. And actually, we... we we said at the time, when you look at Grace and when you look at where he's done well, he plays brilliantly by the coast. That you know, that's as good as said. But when he tends to win, he wins at totals that are double figures. So you know, ten under, twelve under, he can even shoot twenty under on, on a resort-style course. I just think that the soft, the, the the receptive golf course, the nature of the golf course, and the fact that you know. He was banging 340 yards last uh, last week. I think he averaged 335 at Bridgestone. 
He's a big hitter, Brandon Grace. I just think it all stacks up nicely for him this week because the winning target for me is mid-teens, and I think he's, he could be right in the mix at that level. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a really big chance, That's really a, big chance. A very generous price for an extremely talented golfer. Uh, I, I might get a sneaky few euro on him, you know, just... Even if you get the place on him, it's twenty to one there. If you get the eighty to one, I I actually was on him on the U.S. Open, and certainly uh, when he hit that out of bounds on sixteen, there were more than a few uh, coins going into the swear box. <laughs> he, he's better than eighty to one. You, you've got to go with that guy, haven't you? He's far better than an eighty to one shot. Yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. And um, we're kind of getting towards that triple digit uh, part of the markers now there's a few there just beforehand Brandon Grace Paul Casey Robert Streb who you mentioned you can get him on Carl at 90 to 1 which is wonderful for somebody whose stats are lining up nicely and then ticking into the hundreds uh, Danny Willis yeah. is available at 100 to 1 uh, somebody's been playing very very well this year one recently out in Grand Sorcier yeah worst bets than Danny Willis at 100 to 1 yeah yeah, um, one of Will's fancies, Danny Lee, is available. Uh, you can sneak Danny Lee at 100 to 1. Yeah, I just, I like, you know, I'm never right about these things because, like, you're talking about a 156 man field, you're picking someone, so I suppose we're realistically looking at someone at an each way, uh, especially at 100 to 1, you're looking at 25 to 1. I just think this guy, Danny Lee, has got one of the best swings I have ever seen. He's, he's changed over the last while, he's been doing a lot of work with Butch Harmon, and like, I think it's a little bit forced at times into the perfect finish, you know. Um, but I still think he's he's got the game. I think, and I, I'm, I'm saying it as an each way bet. I'm not talking about like winning overall. I think that's a bit far fetched considering I think McIlroy is going to win it. But besides that, I think he's he has he has the game to finish top seven, um, and he's been playing well of late. So that that'd be who I'd be saying is an each way bet if someone wants to to grab a quick hundred quid or two hundred quid. Mm. From a, five or something yeah. like that you know he's he surprised me I thought like you know he showed that bit of form I thought he might actually just you know the way you get a lot of these guys they'll peak for two or three weeks and fall off he's actually surprisingly maintained his form over quite an extended period of the summer yeah. uh, it's very impressive run he's on and President's Cup year, isn't it? He wants to. He wants to play in the President's Cup. He's burst into the world top fifty now. Yeah, there which, you is, go. which is incredible. Thing that thing with Lee is, didn't he? he won at Greenbrier, didn't he? And you yeah, think, yeah. Okay, Greenbrier. It's not exactly the sort of most prestigious title. That's what he got. He broke his tour maiden there. Third the week after at the John Deere Classic. Yeah. So both of those events were in very soft receptive conditions yeah and what we're playing this week's receptive conditions he went to he went to St Andrews and you know, you know missed cut well he kind of expected that then he comes back to the States goes to Tigers tournament fourth I think wow and then he goes to Firestone last week you know very firm very fast conditions completely alien to him got to be tidy off the tee he finishes sixth at the World Golf Championship and you start to think well it's me no but Charman's obviously having a very 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 positive effect on him so why why can't he go well this week he's also done well on coastal courses in the past on the PGA Tour so yeah 100 to 1 that, that's, a, that's a tempting bet for Dapa for me on Danny Lee this week mm, could make the little uh, the little pot on the side for you mm. You know, he's up there with really. Willett, Lee and Lingworth. There's three players there that are playing brilliant golf right now at triple digits. Mm. 
very, very tempting. Very tempting bets on those three, those those odds. Any any other outsiders kind of catch your eye? Or you know, Bill Haas has played well recently. He's available at one hundred twenty-five to one in places. JB Holmes, huge hitter. He's out, he's up there. Mark Leishman. <clears throat> you know, Jimmy Walker's there. I mean, I never thought I'd saw the day where Jimmy Walker's available at over a hundred to one. He's a bit all over the place at the moment, Jimmy. But mm. let me ask you guys a question. I'm seeing uh, two players here with a lot of bookmakers at the same price, yeah? One is Bill Hass. One is Mark Leishman. Mark Leishman. In major championships, which one of those two would you back at 100 to 1? Leishman. I'd back Hass. More so just to be competitive. <laughs> Hass has never had a top 10 in a major, but Leishman... He's done he was well there at the Open this year. He was brilliant at the Open. He's, he's, he's had a top 10 at the PGA Championship, I believe. Yeah. I think Leishman, he, he could be one that surprises again this week. But yeah, I, I would be thinking that way. Um, who was the person I was just thinking? Can you scroll down there just a little bit? There was one person that just I haven't seen yet that was jumping into my head. Um, oh, Bowditch, is he playing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there he is, speaking of the devil. But again, another Aussie President's Cup. Yeah, yeah. He's having an exceptional year, isn't he, Bowditch? 180 to 1, you get on him. Big prize. Mm. And he's been playing well over the last while. He was in the second to last group there in the Firestone. I don't know where he finished. He might have been top 10, I think, was it? Yeah. Bert Wiesberger, 175 to 1. You know, he hits it a country mile, doesn't he? He hits a lot of greens, Wiesberger. He, was, he went off with... Here's a little fairy tale story for uh, somebody who's threatened to win so many times this year, hits in an absolute mile and is about the size of a leprechaun. Uh, Justin Thomas. Could this be the week for him after all the kind of heartache weeks he's had throughout the season? Nearly winning, nearly winning, nearly winning. Redemption. Potentially. He's long, he eats par fives. The only thing with Justin Thomas is he's very, very aggressive, isn't he? Although saying that, you started to see signs at Tigers tournament a few weeks ago where he seems to be getting his head around the fact that he can't attack every single pin. Yeah. So he's been nibbled at. He's definitely been nibbled out of the market. He's available 125 to 1 with Boyle Sports. But they're five places each way. You get, you get 90 to 1 with Paddy Power. I think Justin Thomas will win this year. I think he'll, I think I can. I think he's going to win the Wyndham Championship. I've had that in my mind all season that he's going to win the Wyndham Championship. So there you go. You heard, you heard it here first. I'll be tipping him up for the championship. Get the anti post on, folks. Sedgefield. Uh, he'll break. He'll break his duck. Yeah, come here. Um, any, anyone else catch your fancy? We're we're getting into kind of stratospheric. Uh, you know, couldn't couldn't write these kind of things. Was there anyone else down there that the bookies may have uh, oversaw and that you? Um, you know, um, we, we we look at a range of bets at Golf Betting System, and Paul uh, Paul Williams has looked at first round leader. And you know, we were talking about conditions being very very uh, tranquil of those fir- that first hour hour and a half, and you're looking for an aggressive a guy that's very aggressive, long off the tee, gets a lot of birdies. He's going uh, first round leader market. He's going for Tony Finnell. Oh. Yeah, hits it a country mile, doesn't he, Mr. Finnell? 
You can get him at 150 to one first round leader with Paddy Power. Uh, he's also going for another another big hitter who's, who's hitting the ball beautifully. My Brandon Steele. Both go out very 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 early on Thursday, so he's having a bit of uh, first round leader action with Steele and Finn out. You know they're not the kind of guys that are likely to hang around, but first round leader, yeah, aggressive, soft golf course, early start. I think there's there's two very good bets there. Very nice. Um, any other bets you guys have come up with? Um, you know, top ten or a top twenty bet, or is that just something that doesn't interest you this week? We're out of bets, mate. That's us. <laughs> they're, they're all of our bets. The, the wallet the is empty. <laughs> the wallet is empty. But yeah, Paul fancies Leish, but he also fancies Danny Willett, at both at hundred to one for longer shots. Oh, and nice. those two guys there, Finau and Steele, first round leader. Okay, I think I might actually take a little uh, a little jaunt down to the 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 bookies myself this week and no. look at, with ten euro and pick five golfers and put two euros or maybe twenty quid and put two euros each way on five golfers. Do it. Your local bookie, well, uh, I don't actually know. I'd have to check the internet to see. I've, I, I haven't gone to a bookies in about seven ten years. Steve, it's Ireland. There's one within a nine iron of every person. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's one in Dorky that I'll have to go Paddy Power or something in Dorky. So. I'll go down and have a little look and see. I'll probably go five, uh, five outsiders for my two euro each way. Just to have a bit of interest in it. The managers are going to be on red alert now, expecting you to walk in. <laughs> Will Will's going to rock the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to upset the market. It's obvious. Can we take this bet from Will? <laughs> <laughs> they need to call head office. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now that all sounds great. Like there's, a, you know. Look, you, you talk a lot of sense in what you're t- in, in all the stats and all that. Like it makes so much sense. It's something that I would never ever look at. You know that I just see I see someone and you, as uh, as Barry said there, like he he actually just pretty much skipped by Patrick Reed without realizing that mm. you know he's actually doing he's actually doing all right. right. You know it's the stats that back things he's up. Playing, he's playing okay, Patrick Reed. Just, so let me ask you guys a question. Uh, if you had to put ten euro. On one player, each of you, who would it be? And I'm not allowed to pick Stenson, is that right? <laughs> you want, but we won't take you seriously if you say Stenson. <laughs> oh, God. Will, I know this is a really tough question for you because it's like 10 euro and a golfer, it's going to take you a while to figure it out. I like to, if, okay, you give me 10 euro. A free right? 10 euro bet. A free 10 euro bet. Oh, uh, do you know what? For Just for. 10 euro, I would um, stick it down. I just have a sneaky suspicion Ricky Fowler is going to do something good. I don't know why, just looking at the betting stats there, I just it jumped, jumped out at me. I think he might do something. And if it was a free 10 euro bet, why not? Like, you why know, not? Um, I, just, I just don't think Jordan Speed's going to do it this time. Uh, obviously, I don't think Rory McIlroy will have the stamina to pull four rounds together at top, at top gear. Uh, Jason Day will probably make a couple of mistakes that will cost him something. But Watson, it'll all depend on how he starts. You know, that kind of way. If he starts off badly, he won't get it back. He'll kind of lose interest. Uh, Dustin Johnson, I think, it's going to be in his head about whisking straights and what he did last time. So he's going to be very cautious and not willing to go for stuff. Justin Rose is like a machine. He could, you know, depending on how he starts, he could come out like a a train and birdie, 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 you know, straight off the bat. But if he doesn't do that and... I just, I just think Ricky Fowler, if Ricky Fowler can stay a little bit like Jordan Spieth in this scenario and not hit the lead until the 71st hole, I think he's got a chance, a very good chance of winning. 
And that, folks, was Will Griffith riding off the entire field just to pick Ricky Fowler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> had to ride off a field in 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, it, it could be because I've been on the last couple of weeks and he hasn't done it, but I, I really do like Kepka this week. I know Bobby, I've been talking to Bobby Donnelly, who, of, of podcast fame. Um, he fancies Kepka as well this week. I would put the money on Kepka uh, to top up my own bet on Kepka. I think I think just he's been featuring so much the last. It, it's a winner bust week almost for him. You know he might he might miss the cut, but you know he could easily just go on and win it. So uh, Jason Day would be a very close second pick for me. Those two guys, just those full, you know, big stamina guys. You know, hitting the ball miles, and you know Day showed his bounce back ability the week after the open, the disappointment of the Open Championship. So ten, ten major top ten, Jason Day. Yeah, Incredible statistics. He's, I mean, extreme. Like, There's two you, ways you of looking at that. To, you don't even need to say Jason Day's extremely motivated. He always looked extremely motivated, but he seems to have a little bit more maturity about him this year. And any of his post-round interviews, he's actually a lot more likable a character this year. And that seems to be translating. He's, he's translated into a win this year just recently. So uh, maybe, maybe he's ready. But there's two ways of looking at that, Steve. You can say that he's got 10 major, ten top 10 finishes in majors, but he still hasn't won one. You no, know, no, you're putting yourself in a position it. over no, and over no, again, no. there's something wrong. Up, up until this point, he's always made a critical mistake. One or two critical mistakes that cost him the major. And but this a, year, he's also won two PGA Tour events, one being Torrey Pines, which, yeah, longs past 72 by the sea. He just see, he does seem to have got over that hurdle. He won the World Golf Championship match play. So he's won some prestigious events. And I think that, that putt that he made to win the, the Canadian Open was a big, big deal for him. Mm. So yeah, I could have, yeah. But for me, it was between Day and Bubba Watson for my second pick. And in the end, I just went with Bubba because I just think he's played so damn well. But yeah, Jason Day will probably win. This, this is a, this <laughs> <laughs> I said to you guys, didn't I? Jason Day, Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, those three for me, apart from Spieth, they're, they're the three that are going to be seriously in the mix this week. This is a nightmare to gamble on. <laughs> so it is. It's, it's a fag paper, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Um, what, you could you get three or four of them in a, blo- in a pile-off. It could be. You guys were on JJ Henry last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was it yourself and Paul had a nibble on him, or was it? No, I actually personally, but I, I didn't. I didn't back him. I mixed. I, I backed Giannis Blixt. It was. It went out in second place in the final round. And yeah, JJ Henry, eighty to one. We got him that last uh, last week, which was a bit of a change of luck. I've, I've had a bit of a barren run, so it was nice to actually uh, get a bet. That was my biggest ever uh, winner, actually, eighty to one with JJ Henry. Excellent, congratulations. That, that was very nice. He finished he finished birdie birdie eagle to win that. Yeah, and who was it? Um Rifers had three Eagles in the last six holes to get into the playoffs. Just phenomenal. I, I really liked that modified Stableford scoring format. I wish I wish we could actually see that, you know, because obviously all the TV coverage is on the Bridgestone Invitational. I would love to see that tournament as the, you know, the prime tournament of the week on on TV, so you can actually watch the uber aggression going after that format. I, I would love to try that format in a in a golf club in a, our own club competition once, just to just to see how it, you know, for a fun competition one week. I, I think it's a really interesting format, a nice change to the pace of things. Um, 
the guys, yeah, the guys seriously proved that like that's the way to play it. Go, go nuts. I, I, I don't understand it. Uh, you can explain it to me again at a, at a different time, but yeah. I know it's a point system and stuff like that. But I wasn't really following it at, at all over the weekend, so I didn't Sh- take much notice. Shoot low numbers equals win. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, um, any good offers are available? There are always a few good offers available in the bookie, Steve. We're going to get through that before we finish, wrap up. Um, is, who's a, who does those the triple odds for first-time activations? Tri- triple odds for 888 Sport. So £10, ten €10, you'll get triple your odds on... That's yeah, pretty perfect, isn't it? You know, it's Jordan Speed. You know, you get him at 18-1. to 1. If you fancy a bit of Bubba Watson, you're getting... Bubber at 40. I have to do some quick maths, which you never buy strong point. You're getting him at 14, 28. What'd that be? Uh, 42 to 1, Bubba Watson. Jason Day, you get him at 33 to 1. Now, if you fancy a bit of Will's Ricky Fowler tip, 66 is if you open up an account at 888 Sport. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a decent price. So that, that's a good one. Uh, bet 3, uh, bet white, not bet white, sorry. Betfair Sports, the bookmaker side, they're paying out six places each way. They're also giving money back if speed wins and your player finishes either, either second or third, and that includes ties. That's an interesting one. And there's also seven places each way at Stan James and Skybet. If you're interested in a top five, top ten, top twenty bet, we highlighted this at the Open Championship, Bet Victor are paying out fully on ties again. Which can be very, very profitable. Very profitable indeed. So then rather, one, than, rather than a quarter of the quarter of the odds, is this? Yeah, when they get chopped and chopped and chopped with yeah, the ties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's a really generous one, especially when it comes to the top tens and twenties, because you usually yeah. get a huge amount of ties there that would kill your winnings. When when are you releasing the show? Are you uh, releasing it today? Tonight, yeah. I can't tell you. There's a really good deal coming out tomorrow, but it's embargoed until eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Okay. So follow me on Twitter or come to Golf Betting System. There's a there's a fantastic uh, deal that's going live at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Just rem- remind yeah, really while Will deal. shuffles around on the couch here, very important information for the listeners who don't follow you on Twitter. Remind everybody your Twitter handle. Yeah, it's Bamford Golf. Simple as that. Bamford Golf. Uh, B A M F O R D Golf. And Paul is at Golf Betting. Uh, at Golf Betting, isn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah. At Golf Betting. That's Paul. exciting. Will's tapping a reminder into his phone now. Check Bamford Golf. Tweet him. Get the offer. At Eight a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah I, I read an email about it about five o'clock over here, and I must say, I, I kind of wide, my eyes went a bit wide because I get to see all the bookmakers' offers, and I, and I just went, bloody hell, that's a good one. He's just so, teasing yeah, us now. I know, uh, rise and shine, folks, rise and shine he's early. He's just teasing like. us now, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, um, Golf Betting System, you guys have your weekly fantasy comp going on, the competition on the Facebook group. How many members yeah, have you uh, hit the 3,000 yet? We've been going for about seven years, just for new listeners. Um, so we've been tipping up on the European Tour, PJ Tour, all the majors for seven years, seven long years, it seems like. Um, we've also got a Facebook group, which has now got, it's almost 2,700 almost, guys. It's pretty strong, isn't it? Um, basically, a Facebook group where um, it's just all we talk about is golf bank, and there's so many um, really... Uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking at. People on there that have got their own view 
views, their own opinions. There's a hell of a lot of knowledge on there. There's some fantastic tipsters on there that throw out some great stuff. Not just on, uh, they, there's some fantastic tipsters on there about the LPGA as well. Really, really good stuff. There's guys on there that focus on the web.com and the challenge tour. There's some really, really excellent knowledge out there. So, uh, Facebook group, Golf Betting System, um, just, just uh, say that you want to join the group and uh, we'll, we'll accept you in. It's just banter 24-7 on there. So it's, we also run competitions on there. Uh, we should have a competition there from Bet, uh, Betfair during the, comp, uh, during the actual tournament itself. But we also run a punters league, uh, which is a weekly fantasy golf, if you like, where you choose, you choose three players per tournament. And there's, a, there's an overall weekly league, but also an overall... Um, league that runs from the start of the season right through to the end. I think it runs all the way to uh, the DP World Championship in Dubai. So it's about it's something silly like 46 weeks. It's a hell of a lot of work to keep up. But uh, I know I know that Barry's doing quite well in that league. I think is it, you're in the top 20, aren't you, Barry? You're doing yeah. right. Yeah. I wish I'd actually just put my wallet behind those picks each week because yeah. I think I'm 180 points ahead, which is quite a nice little bit of profit. And <laughs> But no, I go and put my bets elsewhere. Uh, so Henry Stenson every week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he's not playing. 20 euro each way on Stenson, please. Uh, yeah, great. So that's anyone that's a golf betting system Facebook group. It is phenomenal. One of the one of the guys on there, as you're saying, like the, the, the knowledge across the variety of tours had a bet on the Ladies British Open and he put a substantial wager on, but he got her at, what was it, Four hundred, five hundred to one. Oh, I think he, I think she was in the lead, in the lead coming down the stretch now, and then um, MB Park. Park, you know, ran away with it with that fantastic finish. But I think he still came out with nearly ten grand on the place, which was uh, a stunning, stunning win. And there was a lot of guys on the group jumped on the bet as well. So uh, yeah. what was it Mark yeah. Birdie? Was it? I think it was. Or? Uh, yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Bird. Yeah, his LPGA knowledge is fantastic. Really, really. I, I, just, I just literally uh, 20 seconds ago sent a request to join the group I forgot to do it after the last time we were on and I just sent you a request on Facebook so uh, I'll ignore that one Will <laughs> <laughs> yeah can we just can, can we get rid of Steve Nick can we put... <laughs> <laughs> the line is the, line, the line's gone bad Steve yeah, the line's yeah, gone yeah. bad uh, every, every week on Facebook I tag Will and the post I put into the golf betting system group and it, like it's, it doesn't automatically bring your name up like I have oh, to really go over yeah. so now you will automatically get tagged assuming Steve uh, wink wink <laughs> accepts you yeah, into the group we'll, we'll let you in Will but we're going to watch you very very closely <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, Steve, don't let Will in until he shows you the bet slips for his bets this week to prove he's a real golf gambler. That's true. <laughs> what, what you, you, you need you need to take a photo of them on your on your uh, phone, yeah, and paste them on the group. Yeah. So in order to paste them on the group, I have to be allowed into the group. Take, first. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you in, Will. It's not a problem. I know. Thanks, take, Steve. Take a selfie. Forget about Barry here. <laughs> take a selfie in the bookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, I think that's about it. We could, as always, talk for hours and hours and hours, uh, but we do, everyone has to actually get around to watching, listening to this and watching the tournament as well. Um, so that uh, leaves me to say thanks a million again, Steve, for joining us. It's sad that we won't have you back until the Masters next year. Maybe we'll try to get you back on for another big tournament uh, in the, the next few weeks, You know, see how our schedules line up. Let's see if we can 
do something during the old FedEx Cup series or something like that. There's some big, there's still some big golf tournaments coming up. Very much so, yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like good fun. I think we'd love to do that. Uh, oh, for a, sure. A little FedEx Cup preview or a, a midway FedEx Cup uh, update. We'll see. I'm how still it goes. going through the honeymoon phase with Steve. We've only <laughs> we've only met each other twice now at this stage. <laughs> honeymoon phase. It will soon die. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, listen, um, once again, Steve's Twitter is at Bamford Golf, Paul's is alf go- at Golf Betting, the website is www.golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Steve, thank you so much for joining us again, that was absolutely wonderful, hopefully we actually have a winner this week, um, yeah. come on Kepka, come on Stenson and all the other 24 bets I'll probably end up putting on in, in a panic on Wednesday night and then the other few on Thursday morning. And hopefully I don't, as Alan uh, Alan Donnelly used to call it, or still calls it, have to go through the horror of Reload Friday, which is painful. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys, and thanks to the listeners. I'll, uh, I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, Steve. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 Well, you're fine. Bye-bye. <laughs>